You're listening to the team Top Figure Podcast. Your one-stop shop for entrepreneurship, lifestyle, and motivation. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another Top Figure Podcast. We have a special guest today, and yeah, man, we're so excited to have this conversation today. We're going to talk about so much stuff. We're going to get deep in a lot of things, and yeah, I'm excited. Yes, let us introduce a well-decadent individual who is an American executive and activist, 2019 Blossom Award recipient, 2018 Ambassador for Change in Health and Wellness, 2018 Boss Woman of the Year, Atlanta's Top 100 Woman in Business, White House Drum Major of Service Award under Barack Obama, and also the author of the book Breakthrough, Sold Separately, Get Out of Mediocrity and Walk on Water. Please welcome Brandy Harvey. We are so excited to have you on our podcast. Hey, what's up? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for being on the podcast. And um, yeah, for the few people that don't know who you are, give us like a quick intro, your story, your background, and then we'll start from there. Oh my God, it's the elevator pitch. Uh, It's the the 30 seconds. Who are you? Listen, well, I'm Brandy Harvey. I am I'm a sister, I'm a auntie, listen, I'm a, I'm a homie, I'm a lover, I'm a friend, you know, um, but I'm an author, a podcast host, founder of Beyond Her, which is an active wellness brand for women of color. I inspire people to eat well, give a damn, and move their bodies. So everything about my life is inspiring people to go higher, to be the, become the best versions of themselves, live a higher life you know, vibrate higher. And, um, and I think that that's just what my life's work has been, you know, from being an executive with my family's foundation, starting the mentoring programs, you know, doing all that. I think it's just my whole life from being a high school teacher, you know, has always just about evoking change in people. I'm really in the business of change making, you know, that's really what I look at my business. It's just really, I'm a change maker. And so I'm in the business of changing people's lives. And so I just try to live my life as the best example possible, you know, practice what I preach, you know, and go forward, you know, and just teach people how to do that in the same way. That's awesome. So like, let's really start from there though. What, what has gotten into you, of, what has got you started into caring about your health, caring about your mental health and this whole process? Because it's not like something that, you just grow up knowing you have to actually study this. You have to actually put time into it. And you know, you got to love the crap. It just, it, it kind of fell upon me. You know, I was, I was a sophomore in college. I was 19 years old. I went to visit my father um, for spring break in Los Angeles. And he was like, oh, my fluffy girls. Now I got a twin sister. And so he was like, my fluffy girls. And I was like, fluffy, like, what the hell does he mean by fluffy? Like, I'm so confused. And like, I asked my sister, like, you think he calling us fat? And she was like, I don't even care. Like what? Like we fat, right? I think, you know, when you were at an HBCU with everybody kind of thick and you eating fried chicken on Wednesday and Friday and they serve rice with every meal, you know, you kind of just wanting the number. But my father at 19 years old, when he told me that where like most people now would be like, oh, he fat shamed or he, you know, tried to shame her. No, like he woke up the sleeping giant inside of me. And I think that all the time we are looking for people to kind of 
you know, help us elevate us, but a lot of times it's them pushing us, you know, and making us uncomfortable and making us look at ourselves and see ourselves in a different light. And my father, you know, at 19, when he looked at me, he was like, that's not the life you want. I know you, that ain't the life you want. And so at 19 years old, my mindset began to change and I started working out. And from that, I became a fitness competitor. I became a, a certified group fitness instructor. I started teaching spin. I started teaching group fitness. I became a personal trainer. I started a meal delivery business, like to meal prep for people. Like everything about my life just spawned from that one moment. And I think it was because he knocked on the door and said, wake up. This is not what you want. And I took that as a driving force for me to now 20 years later, you know, it is a foundational principle in my life. You know, my health is my wealth. And because I started in the physical health, it started to lead me down this path to get my emotional and mental health. You know, um, it shifted my idea of what my spiritual health looked like because I grew up in the church and I started to challenge those beliefs as I got older and I started to flip flip the script, you know, and it made a whole lot of people uncomfortable. And I was okay with that because I had to get uncomfortable, you know? And so that was really it. That was the start of it, you know, was my father telling me that at 19 years old. And I was like, oh, hell no. Nah. And I was like, you know what? I'm about to go for it. And I just kept, you know, taking it higher and higher. But you know what I love about that? You took a message that would offend a lot of people and a lot of people would actually be, you know, mad at their father for saying that, but like you actually said it and took it as motivation and fuel to actually put it behind you. And now like it's completely changed your life. And that's the important lesson there that a lot of people don't realize when someone tells you something you don't want to hear, it's actually the best thing. Right. But too often we take it as like an insult and we're like, yo, why are they saying these things to me? Like, I don't care. Da, da, da. So like, that mindset do you do you still carry that mindset till this day like you take criticism very well it is it is how i live my life i mean you know i'm a very disciplined person but i didn't realize how disciplined i was like in college and stuff i think you kind of just go through the motions i mean i pledged i did all those things i was in leadership you know in college and high school and growing up and um, when I became a fitness competitor um, at 24 years old, um, I moved her to Atlanta and I started training to become a fitness competitor. And I remember sitting at the table uh, with my father for Father's Day. It was a Father's Day dinner. And they had everything. I mean, it was lobster. It was lamb chops. It was the cakes. It was the, you know what I'm saying? It was, it was the spread for the king. You know what I'm saying? So... We sitting at the table and I got a Tupperware dish with some, a fourth of a cup of broccoli and like, you know, six ounces of fish. And I opened up that Tupperware dish and everybody at the table was like, I know you lying. You know, <laughs> like, I know you lying. And my dad was at the other end of the table was like, you were the most disciplined person I've ever seen in my life. Like, I don't know how you're sitting here with all this in front of you and you're still choosing to do that. But I was locked in. And I think that it's just like, that's just been my mindset for my life. It's like, when I get locked in on something, you can't get me off of that. You know what I'm saying? And so from that moment of what he did at 19, it just kept me on this path of like building the success in my life 
of like my foundational principle is discipline. You know, I'm like, I am willing to sacrifice so much for in goal. I'm willing to sacrifice, you know, and it's really because and I teach my students in freedom school, I teach, you know, when I'm when I'm out speaking, delivering keynotes, I always say this commitment is not a feeling, it's an agreement. See, I made an agree with, agreement with myself. And so because I'm not in my feelings about it, see, people get caught up in their feelings. That's why they get offended and can't nobody tell you nothing. You know what I'm saying? Because you and your feelings, I've made an agreement with myself. And so because of that, that commitment is no longer my feelings. It's an agreement for me to become the best version of myself. And so I'm willing to cut off. I'm willing to to lay stake a claim. I'm willing to go the distance with other people. I'm like in my mind, I'm always playing for overtime. Tunnel, Tunnel vision. vision. You're just focused in. Wow, that's amazing. No, thank you so much for sharing that. What would I wanted to talk about? You went to Africa. You actually went to Ghana, right? That what was that journey like there? Uh, and like what? Because I know we've it's a whole different life, it's a different experience. There. Really, just like seeing that, you know, especially being Africans ourselves. Like, I have never been to Africa, and I, you've been to Africa before. And like, what would you say? is like what was that experience like talk about that. i would love to hear some, uh your journey with that oh i went on an ancestral journey 2016 i went with the university of georgia on a research trip um and at the time i was still the executive director of my family's foundation and so i was really doing some like research work on like trauma and how it affects black families and how children develop and all this kind of stuff. But really, I was thinking I was going for everybody else, right? Yeah, I'm going to do this for, you know. But I was really going for myself, you know. And I went on this ancestral journey. It was led by Dr. Cynthia Dillard, um, who had been doing these trips, leading these trips since 94 with people to Ghana. And since that time, she built a house there. Her husband is Ghanaian, like they, they have, she has a school there. And um, when she did this journey for us, she kind of took us on this path from um, more of like the interior to the coast. So we did things that I never even knew. When I was an African-American studies major in, you know, African-American, African studies major in school, she did this thing where we went to a Sinmun Sioux and it was called the last bath. I had never even known about this, right? And so it was like the last bath is where, you know, our ancestors were on this journey for probably 10 weeks at this point, right? And then they get to this point where they get to take a bath. And this is where the first slave trade, the first auction happened. And people don't even know about that, right? The first part happened where they were leaving people behind and that's where people, you know, built communities there. But this last bath was like when they were shaving our ancestors' heads so they would appear younger and all this kind of stuff. And, and I remember standing in that water and I couldn't even like submerse myself. Like people who I was on a trip with, they was like dousing themselves in the water. And like, I was literally like standing there shook. Like, like I mean, literally I was tensed up because all I could do was weep. Because I'm like, damn, we don't even know the levels to the journey, right? And so by the time I got to the slave dungeon, um, by the time I got to the slave dungeon to even experience like the churches on top of the slave dungeon, you know, like all of this stuff that's going on. When I stood in that slave dungeon, 
you know, and you see how tight it is, how compact it is, and how bodies on bodies, you know, um, it changed my life. Because what I came back with the mindset was in 2016 was, I come from the people who survived that. I come from the people who made it through the last bath, who made it for months in the dungeon, and then had enough goddamn fortitude and strength and wherewithal to make it through that, that voyage across the Atlantic. You can't tell me what's impossible in my life. Ooh, that is. You can't tell me what I'm not built for. So when people see us and they see the culture, when they see places like Atlanta, when they see us forging ahead and being resilient, we should have been dead a long time ago, right? And so we come from the people who survived that. You can't tell me that I'm not great. You cannot get me to believe that I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to cuss because sometimes I do cuss, but you know what I'm saying? I'm trying, I don't know how y'all be doing, you know what I'm saying? But you know what I'm saying? You can't tell me that I'm not the shit because I come from the people who survived it. You know what I'm saying? And then still made a life and then still created life and still made families and still were in, had ingenuity. Like that was the most, shifting experience for me on a spiritual level you know because although I had been on spiritual journeys before that there was something that was I was not expecting to get what I got and so when I got it I came back with a different mindset so even that that year was like a setup for what was to come because it was some shit that was about to come down the pike that it was going to hit me in the face, turn my life upside down. And so then, you know, so I was kind of ready for it. And I didn't know that it was preparation for a time yet to come. Wow. That's so like amazing. And wow. I got goosebumps. Yeah, I got goosebumps too. You're sharing and, that story. That is <laughs> and the, 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 the mindset of us being unstoppable is so powerful, but a lot of people don't even know the history they don't even know about the last bath. They don't even know this information. So I think it's super critical for everybody to do the research so the we context. understand where we come from. We understand all the stuff that our ancestors and people like that went through in order to get here, you know? And kind of like kind of like how people don't understand the power of like once you know something and you see it in the back of your mind like, okay, I, my people I'm connecting with went through that. This is nothing like so what I get a dislike, so what I hear no, it's not, never going to stop me, you know? Yeah, so I have no choice but to win. Like when people kind of use these terms, like, you know, they get it on Instagram, like I'm my ancestor's wildest dream, you know, and they kind of say it very loosely, like, but we really are. Like, because I don't know what dream they could have been dreaming in that dungeon. I don't know what dream you could have been dreaming when you were, in a you know belly of a of a of a ship you know what i'm saying i think that that comes because now that's a dream of just survival you know how do i now make it out of this alive and i think that you know now we kind of forget because we only are inundated with the civil rights movement we only you know hear whites only and color section or picking cotton and all this kind of stuff not understanding the vast richness of our history, of our lineage, of what we come from, you know, that we are civilization. So when we talk about we are the culture, we are more than the culture. You know, we are like, you know, we are the civilization. 
You know what I'm saying? We, we are the, uh, you know, we are the God. You know what I'm saying? We are the very embodiment of what God is. You know what I'm saying? And that's, I mean, but that's for every human, you know, every human. 100%. And like, really like all the things that you've been doing, like it can, it makes sense now where, where we see that perseverance, that resiliency, it's kind of just like, I am meant to be here. Like, you know, all of these awards and it, it makes sense where you have that state of mind where you're just like, this is, this is an essence of me. I am walking in that God-like manner where I'm supposed to be here. I'm, this is where I'm supposed to be. So that really goes to show. So what would be, you know, your proudest accomplishment? I would love to know that. Like, what are you most proud of? What is your So most, far, there's yeah, more so to far, come. There, there's so much <laughs> to come. But like with what you're, because you've accomplished so much. Yeah, you got to like pick you, one. <laughs> you yeah, pick you, one you have so top 100 business. You're crushing it with everything you got going on. And your journey that you're on is just so profound with from just going to Africa, really discovering yourself, everything that's within in rooted within you. What is your most, pr you know, proudest accomplishment? <sighs> My most proudest accomplishment. Um... She got a few. She's thinking about a couple. She said, "What's your?" I mean, you know what? It's interesting because you know, like, I don't, I don't know. I think because I have such a, a different view of success, right, or like accomplishment. Um, I would probably say, um, I would probably say this book. I would probably say breakthrough sold separately, and I say that because I think I always had this this vision of writing a book, um, I always knew that I would, but I think the circumstances that kind of got me there to do it, um, to push it out, to birth it, you know, was, I think was what I was so proud about because I, I mean, literally August 23rd, 2017, I was fired, right? And I got this, you know, email that goes out company-wide, like, we would like to introduce a new executive director. Well, I didn't even know there was a new executive director because my ass was executive director. And so <laughs> I was in there like, I don't even know, like, what? Like, I mean, you talk about getting hit in the face. Um, but August 23rd, 2017, you know, was the day I got fired. August 23rd, 2019 was the day this book went to the publisher. And I think it was just like the culmination of so much, you know, of all these steps that I didn't know they were a part of the journey from, you know, from going on the 2014 Millennial Trains Project on this spiritual journey all across the, you know, northern part of the United States to then in 20, you know, 17, going on a silent meditation retreat up in Boone, North Carolina in the mountains. I think it was just all these things that kind of led me. And I, and I felt so proud about it because I, I poured my heart. Like this was really like me, like my soul on paper. Like you're getting like journal entries, like stuff that I wrote in my personal journal in this book. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that's why I was so, I was proud of it, you know? Like I was really proud. And even though, you know, it wasn't a New York Times bestseller, but 
I know that it is going to hit the New York Times bestseller again. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? I feel like it's like one of those books where it's going to have like that resurgence, like, you know what I'm saying? Probably when my second book come out and it hit the New York Times bestseller, they're going to go back and be like, well, what was her first book? If this is the second book, let me go get the first book. So I feel like it's going to be one of those things, but I think it was just that moment, you know? But then I have those moments where when my nephew is like saying, BB, I just love you, BB. You know, it's like, you know, it's like I had those moments, you know, that are very much like close and intimate in my family, you know, that make me very proud, you know. So it just depends. That's that's great. And thank you that's for that. yeah, that's super important. And I want to get um into your company um beyond her, right? What was um what, like how how did that start about? You know, what how did you go from, you know, getting getting fired to just starting your own company it's a big it's a big shift it's a big difference i was i was out on a limb you know i was out on a limb i was trying to figure it out you know it's 2017 i was like I, I i needed another step you know what am i gonna do next i you know wasn't the executive director which had been like the defining part of my career from my 20s into my 30s you know i had been working at the foundation since 2009 so here we are in 2017 you know what i'm saying so all the momentum you know that i put into building you know those mentoring programs the steve harvey mentoring program the girls who were the world program including my own program i was like you know so inundated with that that it gave me, you know, it gave me a minute to like, okay, well, what am I going to do next? Like, what do I do next? But I knew it was always going to be health and wellness. I knew it was always going to be something about getting Black women in particular to take responsibility for their health, to cut the weight, let the weight go, you know, and that weight really starts on the inside, you know, taking responsibility and accountability for their bodies, their emotions, you know, how you show up in the world, like you're responsible for that. And so, um, but the name like Beyond Her came when I was, you know, I was working with a company called Ampersand who actually be Beatrice. She is the one who hooked me up. We were on a panel together and um, she and I got connected and she was like, call these people. These are the people that you need to work with. And um, they were like, you know, they we were talking about this name and I was like, well, I just need confirmation. And when I went on a silent meditation retreat, um, I was reading this book. Um, I was reading the book, uh, The Untethered Soul, um, The Untethered Soul. And that was really how Beyond Her was birthed because it was like about freedom and no boundaries and taking these limits off of your mind and your life, you know, and that book was a life-changing book for me. And that was really how Beyond Her was birthed, you know, and it just started off like it really started off as like a newsletter, you know, me writing a weekly newsletter. And then it started, then it moved to a podcast and then it moved to a course. And then, you know, it just kept kind of progressing, you know, now I'm about to do some shirts. I don't know why I didn't have a shirt on today because you know what, I was so out of it. You know what I'm saying? I was just like, throw on something and get on this camera. <laughs> I grabbed the first thing I saw. <laughs> <laughs> no they definitely gotta check it out it's uh beyond her go check out their instagram you could find all the courses all the information there mm -hmm. it's definitely like you know and i really want to talk about the health and wellness 
um because it used to just be before it used to just be like guys used to just focus on this and now there's a lot of women that are leading this industry just like yourself and talking about the importance of your mental health you know i think i think after the pandemic it really became like normalized focus on your mental health especially for the african-american community we our mental health wasn't really a priority in our lives for such a long time that it was just like we had the mindset of just survival get get food on the table pay bills and we were in this cycle that our mindset and our mental health was being held back you know so i'm really really happy and glad that your company is really solving these issues, you know? So since you guys have started, what are some things that you've seen that's been a big issue that y'all solving right now? Um, so most of my students who take my course, um, who take freedom school, the youngest student I've had is 33. The oldest student I've had is 73. So the majority of the women that are, you know, that are taking my course are honestly older than me, you know, and it's interesting that they're like, you know, I was a little skeptical, like what I'm gonna learn from your little young self, you know, <laughs> like what you gonna teach me. Um, but honestly, you know, from women who are, who've gone through divorce, um, they've been grieving the loss of children, you know, they've, you know, they've, made transitions in their business or they're starting a business. I think the most of the thing that I see is I look, I got everything good on the outside, but it's the stuff that people can't see on the inside, right? That's keeping me stuck. And I think that um, what I really see, you know, in particular with Black women, I mean, even when you look at the, the obesity rate, right? We're at 80 to 85% of black women are considered to be obese. And most of that weight is not because I just can't eat right now, I'm just making poor choices. A lot of that is from the trauma that they've been carrying around since they were eight, since they were 11, since they were 16, since they were 20, whatever, right? Um, I think that just most people and especially people of color have been carrying around this weight, this noose around their neck, this, 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 that, that we haven't been able to share because there's never been a safe space to let it go. You know, and I think that so many of us have just been kind of keeping on and keep on, you know. And so what I see is that in particular with women, they just don't feel like they have a safe place to land. They really don't feel like they have a safe place to be able to kind of shed off that tough exterior or that bravado, you know? Um, so it's just, it's those things, it's a, but it's a lot of trauma. I think what, I'm, what I see is just a lot of people who have just tried to sweep their trauma under the rug and then act like, well, you know what? If I get the Porsche, it's gonna pop. When I move into the new zip code, it's gonna, it's gonna pop. When I get the husband or when I get the new, new title, it's gonna pop and then it don't pop. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't hit off the way they want it to. And it's really because I got some stuff that I have not been dealing with on the inside. Um, and I just keep covering up, you know, um, uh, on the outside with all the accoutrement, all the, all the cute stuff, all the artifacts, you know what I'm saying? We just kind of keep putting more stuff on top of the pain that we've been trying to shield. Yeah. And I think um, social media nowadays 
makes it worse too because you're seeing uh your friend got that new promotion and they got that new car and now like that, that new <laughs> billy truck and like you're falling behind yeah and now you feel like you have to portray something to show off that you're kind of making it too but you might be hurting on the inside so like what are, what would your advice be to people like that because a lot of our audience they're on social media probably over five hours a day you know yeah. like a crazy amount of their time is spent on social media but like comparing yourself right so what, what would be some advice you would give on that aspect i mean the first thing and this is what i teach in freedom school the first thing is becoming intentional i think most people are living for attention and not with intention and so you know you're kind of living for the likes and people to kind of congratulate you and say oh job well done but when you're living with intention yeah, that's cool, but I'm living in a way that I'm going to show up regardless if I get it or not. If it's five people or 5,000 people, I'm still giving you the best that I got. You know, the second part is I think that there has to be some radical living that takes place. And when I say radical living, I'm talking about radically forgiving yourself, right? Most people are stuck in bondage to whatever it is, right? The past, their choices, their desires, their insecurities, they're stuck because they were they won't forgive themselves for what they did, right? Many of us have just been carrying around the shame, the regret, the hurt and the unforgiveness. And so what's keeping us stuck, even when and it's not just women, we can look at men. The other part I think is becoming mindful mindful of your present state of life, you know, right? Being mindful of your emotions, that this is energy in motion. And every time that energy goes out, it's got to land somewhere. So when we think that we're suppressing the energy, it's still going to land somewhere. So even when we hold the, those emotions in, and oh, I'm not going to say it, I'm going to talk about it, and I don't got to cry, and I don't got to do this, the energy lands somewhere. So where does it land? It lands inside of your body. It lands inside of your organs. It's creating disease, dis-ease in your body, right? And so now we got women who are cancer now you got breast cancer breast cancer is not hereditary let's stop telling people this is not hereditary when we talk about this is matters of the heart it's matters of the heart in the in the spirit world right when we talk about fibroids we talk about all these things and i'm and i'm one of those people i got my hand raised because i was one of those people because i wasn't letting the energy out and i don't need nobody to know and i'm really strong and i'm really tough but that energy was landing inside of my womb and so it was creating tumors inside of my womb and now my creativity is stifled and now i'm wondering why i'm not producing the way i want to where there's some stuff that's blocking my growth and my ability to birth things into the atmosphere right and so when you become mindful of that energy and mindful of your emotions you can now deal with things in a different way but then you got to be relentless and i think that that's where the commitment part comes in you got to be relentless you know i love that book um, by tim tim s grover relentless is one of my favorite books i use it as a part of my teachings because there is a part of us that if we are going to stick the flag at the top of the mountain and lay a stake in the ground, there has to be a relentless fight in order to do it. And some of us, we give up so easily. We give up the first time somebody tell us no, the first time somebody said they ain't like it, the first time somebody say they ain't popping, we giving up. And so you have to have a relentless spirit, but then you gotta be able to speak life over your own life. And so that's where bigger, better living comes in. So now I gotta, wait a minute, 
my life is bigger and better. So I got to use as Florence Shovel Skin says, I got to have a wand. My word is my wand. So now I got to be able to, to magically see, we looking for God to be the magician. We the magician, abracadabra your own life. Start speaking over your own life. Start speaking life over your dreams. You waiting on somebody else to motivate you, to tell you you the shit and you not telling yourself, well, how is it ever going to happen? You know what I'm saying? How are you ever going to see that dream? You waiting on somebody else to believe it. But baby, you got to believe it because there's a miracle inside of your mouth. And so when you know that there's a miracle inside of your mouth, you will go out and be a miracle worker and stop waiting on a miracle to just show up. You got to start being saying, I'm a miracle worker. I'm a demonstrator of this life. I'm a demonstrator of God. And so therefore, I'm going out to produce a miracle. I'm not just waiting on one to happen. I'm going out so I can show show you that miracles are real and so I think that that's that's the progression that we get to in our lives but that takes that takes dedication that takes focus that takes you saying I no matter what you got going on and I see everybody else popping I'm gonna keep I'm gonna I'm gonna keep me and my sister we do a twin talk every every week and we'd be like look if whoever show up that's who's showing up we might not have thousands of people on the live every week but when they do baby they're gonna get this same show they're gonna get this same they're gonna get this same love they're gonna get these same jokes you know what i'm saying they're gonna get the same vibe they be like man they was doing that they've been doing that you know what i'm saying this ain't new they're not new to this they really are true to this and i think that that's what people have to you know prepare themselves be true to it you know stay the course with it wow, that's like bars on bars on bars <laughs> I really wanted to be a rapper in my former life. You know what I'm saying? I really was like, I really could be a rapper. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Low key, yo, you might have to, you might have to add another thing to your catalog, you know, rapper now. You know. <laughs> hey man, We're looking forward to it. Let's do it, man. I love it. I love it. So, like, talk about having a twin, right? Like, I think. I think um, that's one of the dopest. Things. I I don't have a twin, right? Talk about like you and your twin and that chemistry you have having a twin and just the dope like energy y'all. Cause I see y'all do the twin talks. I seen it like y'all y'all got that left right jab. You know what I'm saying? The 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 chemistry and like how was it having a twin? Especially now you both are entrepreneurs running your businesses and doing all these dope stuff and all going to the next level and growing like how is it having someone to your right hand that holds you accountable that you can hold accountable and i think one of the most important things is accountability you know so i'll let you get into that man my sister is my best friend like i i always be like look i ain't never i ain't out here just on on the friend hunt you know like i got a friend like and from the womb to the tomb, we always say that, you know, because like, that's my rider. She is my hitter, like my support system. We've made every step of the journey together. And, you know, when she got married was when, um, that was the first time we didn't live together, you know, when she got married. And uh, people are like, oh my God, like, what are you gonna do? Like, how is your life? And I'm like, I'm so happy for her. Like it didn't, it just felt like the next progression. So it didn't ever feel like I was missing out on anything. But I think um, we've always, I think that's probably why my parents were never like as worried about us as they were maybe my sib other siblings, because they were like, they got each other. They're always going to look out for each other. And I think that that's, you know, that's the truest testament. Um, my sister is, um, she and her husband are both in the insurance business. My sister is, owns an insurance agency here in Atlanta. Um, and she 
it's it's so different because she's a wife and a mother and a business owner. So I think what we've learned to do as our relationship has grown um, over the years is we've allowed each other the space to grow. And I think it's true for any relationship, you know, whether you're in a marriage with somebody, whether you're a partner with somebody, whether you're boyfriend and girlfriend or whatever you want to call it, when you love somebody, you give them the room to grow. When you say you really love somebody, you're going to give them the space to spread their wings and grow. And I think that that's what we've afforded each other in our relationship as sisters is the ability to expand our wings and grow. And we're always right there whenever we need each other. We talk all day long though. Like literally we talk all day. Like literally, we talk all day long. She is my best friend, but um, but there are times like when we, you know, we also know that I'm a res- like I'm a friend of her marriage, you know, and I said this in, in my wedding toast, I will forever be a friend of your marriage. And so me being a friend of her marriage is like her marriage is her marriage. You know what I'm saying? I'm an outsider on that, you know? And so, but I love them both, you know, and, and me loving them both. I'm just here to be a friend to it love on y'all step in if y'all need some help from me you know with my nephew or you know y'all need some assistance to do something but outside of that I'm I'm just a friend to just be on the outside of it to just give some arms to love on y'all when y'all need it you know um and that's just the love that we have you know and so she is she is a dynamic dynamic woman I mean I I like her you know when people be like Oh, I love her. That's my sister. Like, I love her, but I like her. Like, I really like her. Like, when people be like, y'all always be together. Like, we really like each other. Like, you know, we really like each other, you know? And so I think that's just for anybody who, and I've met twins who don't like each other. And I'd be like, me and my sister be like blown away. Like, damn, y'all don't talk. Y'all don't. And they be like, no, like, I don't really mess with her like that. Or like, we don't, we don't really talk like that. I, it, it baffles me, you know? But I think my mom always had this prayer for us, you know? And she always said this. And y'all, y'all parents probably might've said the same thing to y'all. You know, if something happens to me, y'all need to be able to take care of one another. And she just always instilled that in us. And then my brother, you know, was like, look, if something happens, y'all got to be able to love on each other and care for each other when I'm not around. And we did that and we uphold that, you know, but we just really like each other. And she's just, you know, she's always been my accountability. I'm probably way more wild than her. People think that she the wild one. People think that she, cause she just say, and she funny and she just be like, she'll let you have it. But she is the most conservative. I'd be like, girl, <laughs> people don't even know she's super conservative I'd be like girl and I'm probably I'm out here just flying just flying footloose and fancy free flying out of town I I went to um one time I went to Rome um by myself and she was at my house and she was like where are you staying I was like I don't know yet I'm gonna just kind of figure it out she was like what is wrong with you (laughs) you know like Brandy, I'm a mother. I cannot deal with this. I need you to figure this out. You need an itinerary, you know. So she's more like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that because um we travel a lot too. And we did that. I think when we went to um went to where where did we go? Mexico one time. 
and like we were just last minute booking an Airbnb like when we got there because our other one canceled on us last minute. We didn't even panic. Most people would be like going crazy like, oh my gosh, it like canceled. I can't believe, wait, I can't get off the plane, you know, and it's like, it's a part of life. Sometimes you just got to really live in the moment, you know what I'm saying? And That's when you find the biggest joy, you know, and I have the best times and I meet the best people is when I'm just like open, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm open to the process. Like I'm, you know, and I'm discerning. I'm very discerning, you know, and I'm, you know, on guard and, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, when I need to be, but it's just, the world is so beautiful and we end up missing so many opportunities because we're so scared to just step out there and just live, you know, and, I just don't be afraid to live. Like, you know, I'm gonna go for it. Yeah. You travel a lot? How often do you like what's the what's the what's your favorite country you've been to? Now, first of all, pre-pandemic, I was platinum, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> platinum status, platinum status with my Delta Sky Miles, you know what I'm saying? I'm always getting an upgrade. I don't have to buy first class, they're gonna upgrade me, okay? Now <laughs> Listen, they be like, get in line, girl. They be like, get in line, get your comfort plus, honey, and get on in line. You know, um, my favorite, um, my favorite place in the states is Arizona and New Mexico. Those are like my favorite places in the states, and my um, favorite place out the country thus far is the Amalfi Coast um, in Italy. That's like actually like it. I just had one of the best times of my life there. Like I mean, just really enjoyed it. Yeah, those are. Probably- That's amazing. Yeah, I think um this year is like the first. Yeah, this is like the first normal summer. So like I'm trying to like um I haven't been to Asia yet. So I'm trying to go to Asia. Yeah, I've been to UK a lot, you know. I've been to um, the Europe, Europe a lot, but like I really want to go to Asia, you know. I want to check out Japan. I want to check out India. Oh, crazy story! So, two years ago, yeah, but just before the pandemic, like I'm talking about, like the day that COVID, like a day before COVID happened, we were on, uh, we were at New York. We flew to New York. We live in Minnesota right now, so we flew to New York. We're about to take a flight from New York to uh, Mumbai, India. The craziest, like you won't, no one would believe this story. It's so crazy. The pilot flew from China. The flight before he flew from China came to America. They said he can't fly us back, and he took like a rest day. He was ready to fly. They said he can't fly back because he came from China. And the president called that flight the Delta and said, "Hey, it's not flying. It's not. It's not going to uh, India because yeah, yeah. this pilot came from China to back to America." Yeah. And they stopped all flights coming to America from China and they like isolated him. And this is, you know, this happened five minutes before we're boarding. They're boarding people like eight people already went in. So we out here getting ready our boarding passes. I got my visa. I'm happy. I'm like, we're going to India. Yo, check out. We're going to India. I'm out here going live. Letting everybody know we're going to India. (laughs) We're coming to India. (laughs) Next thing you find out, they say, nope, none of y'all going nowhere. (laughs) Y'all got to stay. I'm like, yo, yo, wait, I'm gonna get back to y'all. Wait, wait, wait. I'm gonna update y'all. Yeah. 
That was we and, never went before. Since. Yeah, yeah, and and the crazy part is the crazy part is we literally had a visa that yeah. like we expedited everything was ready, and just the power of just them saying like no, y'all can't go. And this was at like 11 p.m., so they got us a hotel for the night and everything. But it was just it was wild, you know. Yeah. But like honestly, that's my favorite thing is traveling. You know, yeah. like the world is so big, and like we have like. Until until you see more of the world, then your mind expands every time. You know, your mind expands every time. Like you said, when you went to Ghana, it changed your whole perspective because that's a whole different side of the world. And, like, they live different, you know. And those people are just grateful for the smallest things like water, having clean water. You know, like, and us, that's, like, nothing we even think about. We don't worry about having clean water, you know. But, like, some people, they're just grateful for the small things. Yeah, it's big. I'm telling you, like your story is amazing. Thank yeah. you so much. Like and yeah, man. no, and uh, and a few more things before we wrap up. I wanted to talk about um your your uh what's it called? So yeah, what is it like being um like um the family spotlight? Right, your your family's always on the spotlight. You guys are, like does it sometimes you you want your privacy? You know, like I know you you're on Instagram all the time, but the spotlight's always on you and your family. I'm gonna remain very like low key. So I think maybe, you know, my dad's been on television since I was in elementary school, you know, now I want people to know that does not translate into money. You know what I'm saying? Just because you see people on TV, that does not mean that they are rich. Okay. You know, um, but my father has been on television, you know, so I will say like growing up, it was very difficult it was very difficult for my sister and I um, because uh, once my parents got a divorce, it was like, I didn't have really a relationship with my dad. And so that became really difficult, you know, and as his like fame and success grew and he was on like, you know, doing television shows and stuff, um, I really didn't see him you know, outside of television. And so it became, you know, it was kind of hard to kind of, you know, kind of manage that, you know, and it, it created a lot of, um, a lot of stuff in my own life, you know, a lot of insecurities, a lot of things that, you know, I had to later deal with. So now I think it's just, I mean, I'm almost 40 years old, I'll be 40 years old. Um, and so, and I, I'm, I'm the firstborn. So I look at it like my life is my life. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I live here in Atlanta. I roll around. I go to the gym. I go do my little thing. I hang out with my folks. I go out to eat. Like I just have my own, you know, tribe of people and kind of like my own world. So, you know, I don't really look at my life as being like in the spotlight, like how some people might think it is, you know, I feel like, and I'm not going to ever say that my life is regular or average because it's not, you know, yeah. but I will say that um, I just created my own ecosystem, you know, I've created my own life, you know, where, you know, that's not really something that fuels me. You know, I'm fueled by good energy, by positive people. You know, I'm fueled by being around people. I don't care who you are. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been meeting celebrities and being around people my entire life. Are you a good person? Like, I don't really care, like, how many Instagram followers or how many blue checks or, 
you know, whatever. Like, I just want to be around good people, you know, and I just want people to know that I'm a good person, you know, like, I want people to be like, you know what, every time I see her, but, but I fucks with her heavy because she, but she, she, she legit, like she show up and she legit. I, I get down with her because she, 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 she a vibe, you know, like I wanted to be that, you know? So, I mean, it's cool, you know, I guess, I don't know if I answered the question, but I think it's just, you know, I just live my life in, in, in Brandy, you know, I can't live for like other people, everybody going to do what they want to do, you know? So I just kind of live like, you know, Hey, this is life, you know, and make them make my, my life the best. No, and that's um that's super super dope because like even though like you know you're you have a big family and like all this you still were able to start like you know your own business you still were able to do you know like let's get into the motivational speaking you know what I'm saying you were on stages like first of all you was at Princeton I seen you was at speaking at Princeton and like oh, that's like the number one college in the world you know what I'm saying <laughs> University I've been doing that there's a um a leadership conference for um black girls called at the well is for high school students that takes place two weeks out of every summer at princeton university i am the only speaker that has been asked to come back for the last 12 years and you know i look at that as like a testament of you know the work but the fact that i can resonate with teenage girls even as I get older, you know, and I've been doing this since I was in my twenties, you know, that I could still, that they still like, she get down with us, you know, like she know what's up. Um, but Princeton University, I mean, Harvard Business School, I've had the, the, the opportunity to do some really, the, the United States White House, you know, I've had some opportunities to speak on some really, really great stages but i will say like my favorite my favorite things like when i do stuff for young people like those are my favorite things to do like i'm kind of even in this space right now like i'll like people do you know of course i get paid to do this but those are those things where i'll be like you know that's a pro bono thing for me because that's my way of giving back that's my way of you know of showing up um for them because I knew how important it was when I saw people who came back to my high school and came back to my middle school. Um, I tell the story all the time. Judge Lynn Toller, she was, she has a television show. Um, she's one on the judge show, Judge Lynn Toller. She's on, you know, the people's court, or, you know, one of the judge shows, divorce court, I can't remember, but she was a judge in Cleveland Heights, Ohio, where I went to school. And she came to visit our seventh grade class. And I just remembered how classy she was. And she was just, she was like the epitome of everything I wanted to be when I was in the seventh grade. I'm like, she cold, like, I wanna be like her. And to see her now and to see her, like when her little, when her clips go viral on the internet of her, like making these rulings and talking to people who come in the courtroom, I'm like, she was that way when I saw her in seventh grade. You know, and I want people to, you know, have that same, you know, view of me like, dang, she came to my high school to speak at career day when I was in 10th grade and, and I knew, you know, or she came, you know, I think those are the ones that are the most meaningful for me out of all the stages that I've been on. And I've been on some, some fantastic stages. A lot of times now I do a lot of retreats. So I'm more of like the person they bring in for retreats. 
but um and wellness events and all that kind of stuff those are the things those intimate things are like the things that i'm like that's the bomb right there that's the bomb yeah, yeah man. man so, so like what's what's like um next you know you and one thing first of all i want to commend you on in the all those awards we named they all happened most of them happened 2018 and 2019 a year right after you got let go from your job the di the director role mm -hmm. that's crazy that's like within <laughs> it like you came not playing you like i'm not playing i'm about to go i'm about to go off you know point there are just that's just god like giving you like the wink the push to say the best is yet to come just keep going and i think that that's why people end up that stuff comes to me and i'll be like cool but it's really just god saying keep going because i'll get these emails with these people want to do stuff with me and i'll be like it'd be at such a moment when i'm like if this don't just and then i get an email and be like this guy like keep going you know it's just keep going keep applying the pressure keep keep giving yourself some grace like that was like that year was like crazy for me and of course like that was like all this momentum that took off and then like the book came out and i was on this whole whirlwind and COVID hit you know what i'm saying i was like oh change of plans <laughs> you know what i'm saying but but it was cool because it's given me an opportunity to step back, reevaluate. I'm doing a rebrand right now with Beyond Her. And so all of that is just like, you know, I'm just reimagining. I think it just gives me an opportunity every single time. It's not about reinventing. I think people always looking at, I'm gonna reinvent myself. You don't have to reinvent, like the invention is solid. Just reimagine what it looks like. You know what I'm saying? Let me reimagine it. Let me use my imagination. Let me reimagine what my life can look like. And I'm going to go after that. You know what I'm saying? I think that that's just what the space that I'm in, you know, all the time, you know. So I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy. Like, I don't even know, like, I don't even know how to like explain it. I'm just in such a good place, you know, like, and this year really came to like Molly walk me upside the head. Like I literally was like, <laughs> like the last six months of 2021, baby. I was like, really? It just came to just Molly walk me upside the head. Just some traumatic things happened to me. It was just like financially things just were like hitting. And I was just like, yo, I, how am I getting up out of this? And it was like, literally God like sends a miracle one day and you're like, I, I cannot make this up. My life is a movie. I tell people all the time, be like, I can't make it up. My life is a movie. I need a brandy movie soon. I need a movie. I'm telling you, it's like the stuff that people like, cause people don't even know to have. Cause I, I mean, I put stuff on social media, but I have a very like private life, you know. Um, so you're not gonna get a lot of things. I'll be sitting there like. I'll be at some places and I'll be seeing people with their phones out and I'm just there in the moment. Like, I just want to take it all in. And so that's, that's kind of why it gets far for me. Like, you know, like that influencer thing, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, I, I, I saw that they was all recording. They got good pictures. Like, dang, they got a good video. I was there, you know what I'm saying? But I was just taking it all in. I was just observing it for another time. You know what I'm saying? That I might have to tell the story. You know, and I need to. 
Yeah, I feel like I used to struggle with that, but now I try to enjoy in the moment. Like everything used to be like before you even see it, your camera sees it first. Then it's like you gotta like just be in the moment. You know what I'm saying? Just enjoy the moment. You know, me and my sister were um we were at the Maxwell concert on Saturday and we were talking about it on our twin talk last night. And um and she said I mean, yeah, y'all didn't know we was at the concert, but we was there. We just didn't post it. I was like, because we was really just in the moment. We was just like having a good time with each other, like because we used that time as like our sister time and like this our time, like her husband's not there. You know, my my, you know, my my friend, he ain't there. You know what I'm saying? Like her, her, her son is not there, you know. So it's like this is our time. And so we just really enjoy it. So so just be present. I think that's just like, I think that's where so many people lose out in this season of their life because they are so busy trying to capture a moment so somebody can see that they were there that you got to recognize, why are you here? Like, take the moment for yourself. You know what I'm saying? What am I supposed to learn from this? What am I supposed to gain from this? Like, who am I supposed to connect with? But we can't connect because we always like, oh, let me, oh, wait, they got to know I was there. If, 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 it ain't, if I ain't on the gram, it ain't real. No, it's real. 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 It's uh right now um so my second book is in the works i've been working on it for a year and a half now almost two years um so well a year and it's been a year and a half um that i've been working on my second book um i am going to be the new host of the american legacy challenge which is a black history game show for high school students to win scholarships so i'm going to be hosting that that's coming up next year in this next year um, I am going to be in a romantic comedy that's going to be filming in the UK called Finding Forever, um, that's going to be filming, um, in this next year. So, I mean, I got stuff going on, you know, and, and I'm just, you know, I'm moving, you know, sometimes I'm moving in silence, you know, and just, you know, it's all happening, but I think probably like, you know, and then the, um, the rebrand of Beyond Her is going to include like the relaunch of Freedom School. And I got some shirts and merchandise that's going to be um, being launched to eat well, give a damn, move your body, sweatshirts and shirts and stuff. And so it's just some good stuff coming down the pike. I'm just, I'm really excited. I'm in such a great place, you know, I'm in a really great, great place. Wow, blessing. Yeah, it's so much stuff to look forward to, you know, like UK, that's that's my spot. That's like my favorite country to go to. So you're gonna have a good time there when you're shooting out there, you know? They got I was like when that got presented to me, I was literally like I had to read the email like a couple times, like <laughs> you like, hold on, they want me in UK, okay. <laughs> confused, like y'all want me to be in a movie? <laughs> okay so i read the script and um she actually the director is a friend of mine and this is how and, and this is really for your audience how important relationships are like your greatest currency is your relationships i don't care how much money you got i don't care what you say you got i don't care what credentials you say you got 
if you cannot build and sustain relationships, you are nothing. And this, this movie came to me off of the strength of, um, I met this girl, we were speaking together at NYU in Florence, Italy. We were speaking at NYU in Florence, Italy back in like 2015. And I have not seen this girl since then. We've kind of just talked on social and emails and that kind of stuff since then. But we haven't like, you know, like hung out like that's my girl. But just off of the relationship, the click that we got when we first met each other and just how we showed up and all this kind of stuff, like that was how it came to me, you know? And, you know, those are the things that I cherish about my life is that I've been able to build relationships that I can pick up the phone and call people and be like, right, I think I know somebody over there. Let me call them. And they can, or when people run into me, they like, what's up? And they happy to see me. You know, I think we got this idea in this culture of just like, gimme, gimme, gimme. I want, I want, I want. I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take. But what are you willing to give? Like, you know, like, what are you willing to give? Who are you willing to serve? How are you willing to show up in this season? You know, and it's, you know, I tell people now when people be sitting up here talking all this hater talk and oh, all the haters and they all talking about me. I literally have now taken my thing. I don't have haters. I really am out here. I don't have enemies. I'm really just out here making friends because there's so much more that I can get done. If I got friends, then I got enemies. I'm not thinking about making no enemies. I'm only thinking about how can I make some friends? How can I be a friend? Like that's really like how I'm showing up in this season of like, how can I be a friend? How can I make friends? Because that's the only way I'm gonna win in my life. You know what I'm saying? Who wanna be out somewhere and you looking over your shoulder like, yeah, they after me. Who? I don't wanna be out with nobody. And he's sitting at the table talking about, yeah, you know, they after me. Who? Baby, because I can't be here. Okay? How did they get here? Nobody's supposed to be here, in the words of Deborah Cox. Like, I'm literally sitting up here like, I don't wanna be here. If you got people after you, I cannot be around you. You know what I'm saying? I want people when everybody, when you walk in, everybody show me love. What's the song? When I want everybody to give me that, everybody show me love. Like, that's how I want, you know, my life to be. You know, it's like, dang, but she cool. Like, what's up? Like, even if you don't know me, you're going to be like, I heard about her. She cool. You know? So that's what I want. I'm just building friends. You know, I'm just really out here just trying to make friends, you know, win friends and influence. What's that Dale Carnegie book? What's that? You know, <laughs> they got a whole book on me. You know what I'm saying? They wrote a whole book about it. Like how to win friends and influence other people. Like go do that. You know what I'm saying? I think we so busy trying to make, make a hater. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to make a hater. I want to make a friend. Like, I want to make friends. Like, call me a Girl Scout. Like, you know, I've been a Girl Scout. You know, like, I want to make friends. So that's the thing, you know, and just building relationships and loving on the people um, in the time that I'm supposed to love and, and releasing them when it's time to let them go. Mm, that's powerful. And I think too often people just get caught up with this, like, trying to impress others or trying to like you know like i got enemies after me all that just be a good person just be a genuine soul just like really like you know you don't have to fake it and you don't have to try to put on a persona and all this kind of stuff to really win win friends and influence others like you could just be yourself and i mean i see this with my nephew 
you know, I see this with my nephew. He's just out here thriving, you know, five years old, just out here on some like G coast stuff, just out here, just thriving. I just be like, I just got to smile every time I see him because he is so confident and so self-assured, you know what I'm saying? And that also is the testament to his parents because they pour into him and they love on him. And, you know, but just to see him, I'd be like, I mean, he pumps me up because I look at him and I'm like, he walk in a room like, is he is, he's five. And I just be like, like he owns it. Like he came with the other day in his class presentation and like brought his crew up to us. Like, this my friend, this, this Jack, this, 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 this my, I said, oh, this the crew. He was like, yeah, this the crew. I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, like he, and he's proud of his people. Like this, my mom, this, my dad, this, my auntie, you know? So, you know, I think that that's just the beauty of what, you know, he, he's such a teacher for me, you know, and how to be and how to show up, you know, and just bringing that energy, you know, like just bring positive energy, you know, bring, you know, and don't get me wrong. It's so many times I be having a, now I can get an attitude now real quick, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the mouth gets slick, you know, but I, it's times when I know like, I, I, if I'm about to walk in somewhere and I know like maybe I had a conversation, you know what I'm saying? Or like some, something got tough or I'm like in a mood. I literally talk to myself and I'm like, you are a nice person. Show up as a nice person. You are a good smart person. Be kind, be gentle. Be a good person. Like I literally, before I walk into places, I'm literally reminding myself of who I am. Like I'm a good part. You are a good person. You are a nice person. Be that, you know, when you walk in here, you know, because we have a choice in the matter. Like that's the thing. We always have a choice. Stop acting like life just throwing shit at you. No, you have a choice in the matter. You get to choose how you're gonna be no matter what comes at me. I still get to choose how I show up. No matter what somebody said to me, I still get to choose how I'm going to be towards them or how I'm going to be towards the next person because of what domino down in my life. I get to choose. And I think that that's what, be accountable for everything. But you get to choose how you show up. And I really have made a choice in this season of my life because I didn't always make that choice. I was showing up with a nasty attitude. I was, I was letting everything I had. Oh, I was one of those people who said I didn't have no filter. Oh, I don't have no filter. I just say whatever. You better get one. Okay. <laughs> you better to funnel some of this foolishness out so you can win. You know, I think that's the part, you know, that I've, and I've had to change, you know, change myself in that way to become this. I was not always this. I'm only speaking to you from a place of because I've been there. I was showing up with the nasty attitude. I wasn't being a nice person. I thought I had to have this, this masculine bravado. I thought I had to be all this rah-rah in order to get what I wanted. No, be you. Be a nice person. Smile at people. Be kind. Show up. And guess what? People are going to receive that. And they're going to love that because that's the best of you. See, we, we, we looking around for, I'm just showing up as the best of me. So I get the best of you. And if that ain't what you got, then okay, I can move on to somebody else who want to give me the best of them because I'm giving them the best of them. Wow. wow. And it's like, honestly, like, um, you're, it's our first time meeting and I feel the energy. Like we could be <laughs> friends forever, you know? Yep. And just <laughs> like, I, it, 
and it's just like I always say this. It's like um, your attitude towards ev- everything. The way you do anything is the way you do everything. You know, you can't you can't go in a big meeting all nice and all happy then like talk to your worker with disrespect you know like you it doesn't though you have to treat everybody the same as you were mentioning earlier no matter like what level they're at no matter what they have like you don't see the biggest stars you don't been around the biggest people but you still treat everybody the same and that speaks highly of you and that really says a lot about your personality and the type of person you are and that's how you're able to still get all these blessings no matter what comes towards you all these blessings are still hitting you you know with every bad is you know they chasing me down and i'm letting them you know what i'm saying and i'm gonna let them catch me you know like my blessings are really like chasing me down like we and i'm and i'm like come on catch me you know what i'm saying i'm here i'm i'm ready for it you know and i think that that's I attribute all of that to my parents, you know, I really do, you know, even in the times of the abandonment that I felt, you know, when my father wasn't a part of my life, you know, to be able to understand where he was in his life, you know, the, where my mother was in her life, you know, and I think that, but what they instilled in me was to be a good person because they are really great people, you know what I'm saying? Like, I like my mother gets love everywhere she go. Like I was literally like, he'll be like, you know, I know your mother, you know, and I'll be like, she, she that like, she is all of that. She is the nicest, most kind, biggest heart person you will ever meet. And my father is the same way. I think that, you know, they gave me the best of them. And so because of that, I can just like, I can go out here and soar, you know, I can just win. And I'm just reminded, you know, of how they show up, you know, and people like, they love them, you know, I mean, of course, like people know, everybody knows my dad and people don't know who my mom is. Um, But, you know, my dad, I'd be like, Lord, he like the black Messiah child. They be the way they be trying to, (laughs) they be trying to. Listen, they be like, that's the black messiah sometimes. That's the black. Yeah, no, I'm not going to lie. One thing, like, if I'm ever feeling lazy or anything, I just turn on that Steve Harvey clip. Rich people don't sleep eight hours a day. You can't be sleeping. I'm like, yo, I got to get out of bed. (laughs) Like, you know, sometimes he just, you know, I, when people, like, I was at an event here in Atlanta the other night and everybody in up on the panel where they were first time entrepreneurs, like for the first time, like many of them were like first time in a family, they started a business, first time going to college, first timers, you know? And the one girl sitting on the panel, like, you know, none of us had a blueprint, you know, of success. And I can honestly say, I think that that's probably why I have a very warped idea of of success because when you see somebody up close achieve so much you know you're constantly looking at yourself like well I mean come on now that ain't really that (laughs) you know what I'm saying like that really ain't all that you know what I'm saying I kind of see some big boy stuff happening you know but um but the gratitude you know for my gratitude game you know I am so grateful for the life that I've been afforded I'm so grateful for the blessings that have been, been bestowed and the doors that get open because of who my father is. You know, like my, na- my dad's name is heavy. 
you know it's heavy in these streets you know what i'm saying or in these global streets you know what i'm saying so it's like i'm grateful for that global so you know that's the part that people don't understand i have so much gratitude for what has been afforded to me whether i've taken advantage of certain things or not you know um my life is still very much a reflection of the doors that have been open for me and the shoulders that i stand on like some big shoulders yeah and honestly like um one you know i want to give you big credit because like there's a lot of kids that have their parents are ultra successful but like they just take a whole different route you know they think they could be lazy because their parents are like oh but you're still like going at it you still you know are starting your own businesses so like how much has your dad taught you of ownership you know starting your own thing having ownership you know making sure it's like in your name you know because i love what he said i love what he said with one of the uh videos where he was like you can't tell a big dream to a small mind. And yeah. it's just like, he's instilled that in, in us even, just we've watched his content and seen that and just like, he's very adamant about that. And like, that's really powerful to see, like you're what, living in that light of being you and you've you've created your own journey. You've, you've you know, laid down your own stones and like just see the accomplishments of what you've accomplished is admirable and inspiring. So it's awesome, it's really amazing to see that. You know, at 17, my dad gave me the book. He told me to go read the book, The Magic of Thinking Big. And at 17 years old, that was kind of when that like nugget, you know, got dropped, The Magic of Thinking Big. And it was really because like, he was asking me and my sister, like what kind of car we wanted. And I was in Cleveland, Ohio. I was, you know, I went to public high school at Cleveland Heights High School. So I wasn't seeing kids that was driving bins of, you know, I'm like it was like a Chrysler Sebring. That was the hottest car, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like when I was where I was, you know what I'm saying? Uh infinity, like you was balling, you know. And so I remember, you know, like saying the kind of car, and he was like, okay, so what if I if somebody asked you like what you wanted, like, why would you? Why wouldn't you just say what you want? Mm-hmm. And I, in that moment, I had never, I just thought, well, you kind of do this like baseline kind of like ask, you know, because everybody around me at that time, and you got to understand the context, I really wasn't around my father, you know what I'm saying? So our interactions were very limited at that time, you know, and so I really didn't have the I wasn't around him to have a, a different mindset. And so when I was around, cause you were the company you keep, you're the sum of the people that you hang around. And so the sum of my existence was Chrysler Sebring. You know what I'm saying? And he was like, but what if I would, you like, if I would have asked you what you want, you would have got a Benz. I'm like, well shit, I ain't even know nobody who had a Benz at that point. You know what I'm saying? So um, the magic of thinking big was the shift of me starting to say, oh, I could just ask for it. Like I could like start actually saying what I want and I don't have to play myself short. So I think that was probably like one of those first kind of jewels that, you know, my father gave me to kind of put in my, you know, into my, my cup to say, okay, let me go out here and start having a different belief system you know um and then like I told you at 19 you know 
it was that part of him shifting how I was thinking about my body, my physical health, you know? So that was a shift. I think that there's just been all these different moments along the way that he's, you know, in working for him though, I will say like in, in the years of working for him. And I was probably like the longest, um, the child who worked for him the longest, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, that was a different beast, you know, because I worked on every, you know, mostly all the production. So I worked um, at one point, I tried to do a stint on, a, you know, working with the radio, but child, you had to get there at 515 every morning. I was struggling, um, it, struggle bus, okay? Then it was, um, but I was, you know, at the foundation and then I found a love with production with um, when we used to produce the hoodie awards. And so for years I ran all the tickets, VIP seating for the award show, for all the things that we did. And um, the work ethic, you know, and the things that I learned in working for my dad and Rashawn McDonald changed my life. Like it changed my life because you are seeing people who are going when they don't want to go. They are doing when they don't want to do. And they're out here because there are so many people that are they're responsible for. Like that changed, changed the game for me. And I think like when you can see that there are people who are getting up every single day, not because they necessarily want to today, it's because I got 300 people that's waiting on me to make sure that I get up because their livelihood depends on that. That's a game changer. You know, it changes wow. how you how you shift and show up, you know, and I was afforded opportunities um, to work in production and do things, which also led to me doing like seating for like BT hip hop awards, all these things that people don't know that I've done in my career. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, my resume, if I was really to actually write it, I mean, it's pretty, pretty extensive. But it was because I got afforded those opportunities to work with my dad and his business partner at the, at the time, Rashawn McDonald, who taught me so much about how you show up in the world. And they just, man, I mean, literally me and my sister were just talking about this. Like, I don't want to ramble because I feel like I'm like, oh, oh we're good, we're good. <laughs> you know, but, um, I, I mean, honestly, like me and my sister were just talking about like, man, you talk about a training ground that we had, like the training ground uh, between the Hoodie Awards, the Neighborhood Awards, the Steve Harvey Mentoring Camp, like all of those things that we used to do that moved so many people and changed so many people's lives. Like, I could, like, I could write a book on that alone because we got and we were young doing this stuff. We like in our 20s and early 30s, like, you know what I'm saying? But in our 20s, like doing stuff that our friends was not doing. Like, I mean, no way, no how. But man, we got we got the game. You know, we really got the game. That's so amazing. Like, I didn't even really know that you were doing all that production stuff. Oh, this. man, what? Award show production? Like, I mean... The Neighborhood Award, the, the Hoodie Awards was probably my favorite event outside of the mentoring camp that we used to do just because the amount of people and just the impact of these small businesses, you know, the small businesses who were celebrated and getting their awards from celebrities. That was my 
one of my, those were like my favorite times because these people, best church, best fried chicken, best reels, best church choir. Like these are people from all around the country who are getting voted on on a nationally syndicated radio show. And those top finalists get to come dress up and walk up on the stage and get an award. And we got a hand in that. Man, that's, that's a game changer. Those people's businesses expanded 300 and 400% because of that. Like that's, that's an impact that you can't even, you can't even, you can't encapsulate that into words. And the relationships I built because of that, because of me showing up and my own work ethic behind those events, you know, was, it was life-changing. Yeah, really life-changing. Uh, it's so like amazing. Like uh, there's like, Go on for days of like how many layers every time we get into no more, you know. Man, listen, I, I tell people all the time, I said, you know, I, I'm like, I'm one of those people who they're gonna be like, she did it all, she you know, it. like she did it all. Y'all probably had to wait for the memoir, you know, to come out to know all the stuff that I did, but you know, many, many years from now, but you know, like, I mean, I've just been so grateful. Um, I really am so grateful for the opportunities that I've gotten and the friends, like the relationships that I built because of it. But man, we had some crazy times, man. We used to do them award shows in Vegas. Like we had crazy times, 10 day productions and no sleep and everything in between, like just really, really great times, really, really great times that's like amazing you know and especially like so many people like even me production like always interests me because it's like it's like you see this one final like what we see on tv is like the final product but there's like so many layers between makeup artists to people that the stylist to the people that set the floor to the people that have to clean to it's like Three, hundreds two, of people <laughs> that like you never get to see but like we're just seeing this final perfect product on tv and we just think that's it you know so that always like interested me and that was people used to be like wait well what do you do and i'm like oh i do all the seating you know like i do all the seating and all the tickets and they'll be like oh okay like i guess people like think that's like handing out just yeah. you handing out tickets like no nah, that's like you're like with the box office you know i mean you're promoting i mean you have all these things and you're sitting you're placing for the show so the camera sees everything is on you like any moving part that goes i know exactly where everybody is in that arena you know what i'm saying so i think it's just like you know, those were times that just like, it challenged me. I'm not even gonna lie, this one time, this one time we were at Mandalay Bay, we were doing the, the Neighborhood Awards and um, I managed like all the VIPs, all of our sponsors, everybody who came through, you know, for tickets through who sponsored the event to everything, the, the attendees, awardees or whatever. Y'all, I was, I had like this blown up seat and chart that I would place everybody, move people around in the pre-production. And then the tickets, I would coordinate and give those tickets out. It was 1045 at night in Las Vegas. Tickets had already started going out. I go through with the box office. I said, I'm having an issue with these tickets. Like I can't, like there's some missing tickets. Come to find out the arena had changed the layout. I was working on the arena layout from last year. So it is 1045 at night. We are about to like 
arrivals tomorrow, like all of this is going down. And I have to now get everybody to bring every ticket that's been, been issued out, got to come back in this room. I have to reconfigure the whole thing. Like, I remember like it was, I literally sat there and like tears are welling up in my eyes. And for Sean, I will never forget this. He said, everybody get out of this room because she need a minute. She need a minute. And I had to reconfigure at 10.45 at night. I mean, everybody was looking at me like, yo, this is the craziest thing. That's, I mean, it was so wild. And I think you would probably have to have been there. But that moment, like, of me having to switch gears and, like, really talk to myself in the moment, like, okay, go. I mean, literally, I'm like, okay, I need those back. I need those back. I need those back. I need those back. What you mean? I already gave them. Go get them back. go get them back go get them back go get them back and I just remember like I literally sat up in there and I was like I mean tears were coming in my face because I'm like all this work that you've been doing and it literally just blew up in smoke and you got to start over those are those moments that it's like those are those moments that 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 shift you into the next level those are the moments that say you there's nothing you can throw at me that I that I cannot do and it's like, I mean, from that to the mentoring camp, to all the things that I used to do with those productions, it just, it, it made me who I am. And it gave me such an eye, you know, and I have such an eye for detail, but I also have an eye for perfection. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're going to do it right. We're going to be the best at it if we're going to do it. That pressure. That, I, that that's is, crazy, though. No, like, that's like anxiety to a whole nother level. Totally. Like... <laughs> They weren't doing no CBD back then. Not no CBD. Hey, you had to thug it out back then. You had to fight through it. You had to take all types of. It was no gummies, okay? Oh my goodness. And it was just like, I literally was just having this conversation with my sister. Like, man, I remember. um Benny Pugh, um, who used to be a um, executive at one of the, at um, I want to say Def Jam, um, and he was promoing Neo's um, album. He came down to the radio. Um, he came down to the radio network down here in Atlanta, um, and I remember him saying to us in the room. He said, "If I," he said, "If you're ever looking for an executive or like some some strong talent." He said, you got to come down here to Atlanta to get it. He said, because y'all have a training ground that's like no other, because there are positions that you all have been put in that black folks, that young black people are not getting in New York and LA. Y'all are being put into position and y'all are, y'all have a different, especially like when you work for a lot of times black companies who may not have all the resources that some of the other, y'all are y'all are finding a way y'all are finding a way and making a way and I think that that's what you know people don't know about even starting the business of like the Steve Harvey Global the mentoring programs all the things that we did like we were just finding a way 
Like we were just finding a way to make it happen. Like we were just 20, 26 years old, finding a way, 28 years old out here. Like, we don't know, like we about to figure this out though. Like, you know, and make it shape, you know and that's what we did. And so, and, and I just remember him always and that stuck with me like the training ground that you all have here as black executives as um as as people of color who are making headway in entertainment like it's unmatched and if i'm coming down here to look for talent i'm coming to atlanta and i think that that's what atlanta did for me atlanta grew me the hell up atlanta grew me up and it helped me find my voice atlanta helped me find my voice this is why atlanta will always be home for me you know because it helped me find my voice and i found my tribe i found my rhythm i found my groove here in atlanta yeah this seems to be like the new black Hollywood, you know. Man, it is. When people say that they don't like it, they come down here. I'm like, you just ain't find your tribe. Like, once you find your tribe, you're gonna be straight. Like, you know, once you find your people that you mesh with and your vibe, it's something for everybody here. Whatever you want. Yeah, yeah we would consider moving out there too as well. Like, especially like we've been down there a lot of times, and it's yeah, just Atlanta's. every the connections, the networking, everything is just amazing. Like, it's like everybody knows everybody. Like, it's just and it, it's such a small tight knit, and it's just the relationships you get out of that city is just amazing. So we're definitely gonna, you know, make that move. You work it, you know. 100%. And I, like when I first moved here, I hated. It. I moved here from LA, and I hated. It. I was like, I moved back to LA. Like, I don't need it. Bro, Brandy, she gonna move back to LA. Then once I found my tribe, I found the people that I vibe with and I connected with, and I found like my purpose being here. Man, it listen, was a wrap. I, it was, I, I just took off. And that's why now I'm like, now I always have a home here. Now I have a home other places, but my, my, my main base gonna be Atlanta. I love Atlanta. You know, I'm Atlanta. one of those people like, I've been here almost as long, you know, I've been here almost 15 years. So, you know, that's pretty much almost longer than I've been in, you know, I lived in Cleveland, you know, so this yeah. really feels like home for me. Now we definitely got to do like a, we're probably going to do an event out there. We have mm -hmm. like a, we have like an annual conference, growth conference that we host every year. It's happening here again in Minnesota this year, but we're probably going to do it in Atlanta next year for sure. For sure. Listen, Minnesota in the summer, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not in the cold. Yeah. In the summer, in the summer, in the summer. We only time I've been to Minnesota was in the summer. Was that Oh, yep. you got you gotta come back. Um we'll we'll figure out a way to if you could speak at the conference or something, you know? See your availability. Part of the United States. So I I love it. Now I don't like See that winter, but <laughs> The, summer, the, the summer, 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 I y'all got me, you know, like I, I will definitely be there in the summer. And that, you're from the Midwest, so you know, like the culture of like the minute, you know, you used to the cold, Minnesota yeah, nice but not Minnesota. She ain't used to like Minnesota cold, cold but yeah. and Cleveland is cold and this lake effect snow, so you know, it's very like windy and like super snowy. But I very rarely get to Cleveland, I have not been to Cleveland, um, probably now. Well, I went, I think, one day last year. I flew in one day last year, but I'm like a once, twice a year Cleveland. Yeah, more you're more of an Atlanta, LA lifestyle now. I love. I mean, I'm more of like an Atlanta, Florida, you know, like that kind of Miami, Fort Lauderdale, you know, kind of vibe. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, 
Uh-uh. LA, mm-mm. it's not really my thing. <laughs> LA is yeah. too crowded. LA is way too crowded. Miami is a lot much more warmer weather. The weather is amazing there, and it's just like the people are a lot more diverse. And the thing is, it's just like, it, especially North Hollywood, those areas like we're we go there all the time. We actually have our, one of our mentors owns property out in there, and we just go there all the time and enjoy the uh, great weather. So I'm not a fan of LA, man. LA, LA is just, just too, too it's too dirty a little bit too. Yeah, and it's There's just a like, lot going. I love the South, y'all. Like I love the South. You know, like when when Andre 3000 was at the Source of Royals talking about the South got something to say. Like yeah. I I really love the South, and I think like once I kind of like set roots here, you know, like. I'm, you know, I like country stuff. Like, you know what I'm saying? I want to go to the woods. I want to shoot some guns. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to- Some country wheel. stuff. <laughs> I want to like, I want to go do like some country stuff too. So I want to have that, you know, like easily available to me. Um, and I know California definitely has the country. I mean, it definitely got, got anything that you want. You got ocean, you got mountains, you got desert. Um, but it's just something about the people of the South, you know, it's just something about the people, the vibe, the energy, everybody just so nice. I go other places. I'm like, what do people just mean? Like, why, Everybody's why do y'all want to speak? Why y'all yeah. just saying hi? Like, what's up? Like, you know, what's nah, going on? What's up? I love the so South. It's, it's such a vibe for me here, you know, um, for Atlanta, it's just nothing like atlanta i feel like i didn't got my peach y'all i feel like i got my peach she got the peach yeah what what, what just to be say he said i got my pieces out in georgia you know it's just a vibe it's just a different different way of life and i really enjoy it and you know atlanta's just like family for me because like even when you see people out like you see all kind of celebrities out here atlanta's one of those pe- places they just Everybody just let you be. Ain't nobody. Everybody let you vibe. You know yeah. Like, like, I saw yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people just let people, you know, vibe. You know, and it's 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 super cool. And you know, we're not at that place where it's like paparazzi or you being, you know. See, that's the thing. Yeah, that's that's the thing about uh, yeah Atlanta and some of these down south places. There's respect there, like yeah. bro. Like in LA, I feel like celebrities can't even eat out because yeah. they're like there's cameras they find somehow they just appear they're not there one second next second paparazzi everywhere in their face while they're eating with their family yeah, you know yeah. i feel like that'll you get annoying okay and stuff. you gotta be okay with that and i i recognize too like you know as i get older you know like yeah i, I don't i'm i'm fine with being recognized i take pictures of people you know i say what's up you know all of that um but I also like to be out with my sister and my nephew and it's not a thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we like to be able to go out to dinner and be out to dinner, you know what I'm saying? People might be like, oh, hey, you got the, you know, or that's so-and-so, you know, but we get to sit and be, you know, I, I like a, as much as I love luxury and all those things, I really do enjoy a simpler way of life. Mm-hmm. That's, that's awesome. so important. This was this was amazing. This is one of my favorite episodes. 100%. You know, just the energy. How did I talk about the plane? Three fifty-five. They said you was late, it, so you were making it, up. Yeah, <laughs> it felt. If it, it's just it, 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 it like y'all. It was y'all natural. Been like, Girl, nah, 
it's it's natural and that's why that's why when i said before we started our podcast is just natural you know it's just the conversations just flow like to where we lose track of time you know it's not like strict weird questions and it's uncomfortable for real like i was literally like i just looked at the clock like that's what happens when the that's what happened when the energy is flowing you know when there's when good energy is around everybody we just have a normal conversation (laughs) yo i know i'm a chatty kathy so listen oh child so anyway Mm -hmm. but thank y'all for having me i appreciate it i really nah let um let the people know you know anything you want them to find the book where they can find the book with your instagram your twitter your facebook everything um, the book Breakthrough Sold Separately, you can get it on Amazon or wherever books are sold um, online. Um, beyondher.co is my website. You can read um, some of my, my past like essays, articles are there. Um, Instagram, I'm at I am Brandy Harvey, which is where all my content is. You know, I do a winning Wednesday every Wednesday. Um, I, I host Twin Talk with my sister, Carly Raymond, every Wednesday night. Um, and so you can find us there. Um, and you know, that's pretty much. That's, well, you guys know where to it. find her. You guys this know is where um, to find her. Like this conversation is probably one of my favorite ones. And, likewise. you know, I hope you guys take this information and actually start applying and start taking more care of yourself, taking more care of your mental health and all these important things that we overlook that we make it seem like it's just not that big of a deal. You know, Brandy told us today the importance of it and like some facts I got I got to I got to do more learning. It looks like, you know, I didn't know a lot of the stuff you was mentioning, you know, so and that's that's just why we here we just here to be each other's teacher you know that's it we just show we showed up to earth school for us to be each other's teacher you know and so that's it you know we volunteered to come here might as well make the best of it exactly all right everybody thank you for listening to the top figure podcast this podcast is brought to you by the daily meetup the only organization that meets up every single day monday to friday for an hour you could check it out at thedailymeetup.com you could try it for a dollar if you like it you stay if you don't like it you leave you're more than likely gonna stay you know so go to thedailymeetup.com and i'll see you guys tomorrow morning